Welcome back to Retro Reco. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. So in this podcast, we go over and recommend movies to each other. Most of the time, they're movies we haven't seen before. But in this case, it's baseball opening day as we're recording this. So we decided to watch one of both of our favorite movies, Major League. Ooh, and Kyle, I, I think I've got a guy for this. Uh, I'm going to give him a call. Okay. Bring, bring. Uh, uh, hey, Carl, this is Shane from Retro Reco. How would you like to come and talk about Major League? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is a chance to discuss the best sports movie of all time. Yeah, Shane, I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. I'll give you a call back, okay? What? What? I'm just kidding. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right. And this is this is Carl. He's also watched Major League before. <laughs> Once, twice, three times a lady. Yes, many times. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And you might know Carl as uh, Shane's other frequent co-host for other podcasts. Um, never Anna... seemed to stick around past like five or six episodes. Hey, <laughs> y- you hey, guys no. are some of them went a whole season. Fantasy, fantasy Hangover went like two seasons. That's true. That is true. Oh, that, that one a while. Um, but yeah, hey, I'm Carl. Um, yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Yeah, um, of course. So, so as we talked about a little bit in the last episode, for those of you that have stuck around, uh, Shane kind of watches Major League before baseball opening day just about every year and since i lived with him for about five years that meant i watched major league every year for five years because hey i'm not gonna take a like miss a chance to watch this movie i like it a lot yeah and i've done this since like high school like i've been doing this for like 15 years and as i was saying before the podcast but I still misquote it. I still, I know all the quotes. I know the gist of all the quotes <laughs> and I still say them wrong. It's okay. But, we still love you for it. But every time I hear something that is, that is major league adjacent, I'd be like, I know what that is. It's in my mind. Ooh, can't place it. Can't do it right. <laughs> They're always like, we're, we're all just always like one or two words off, but I mean, yeah, we, we get it. We get the point. Yeah. We get, we get the joke. It's not like I spent. It's not like I went to school for memorizing words. We don't bring that up, Shane. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, in Major League, uh, I just realized I have no. We we know this movie so well that I didn't look up my normal like, hey, when did this movie come out? Kind of stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, when did this movie come out? Oh, I'm your Huckleberry. All right. This movie came out in 1989. It was directed by David S. Ward, who you might know, also know from Major League Two, uh, and also The Sting. Um, yeah, the yeah, he's really wrote, good. Yeah, yeah, he wrote The Sting. Uh, he he wrote Major League. He wrote and directed Major League Two as well. Uh, he also directed Down Periscope. Um, I love Down Periscope. Oh, and King Ralph. I love King Ralph. And it's John Goodman, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an all-star cast. Uh, cast. Um, I, I don't have a list of mov- other movies that came out that year like you would normally have, but... Um, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It was the best yeah. one that year. 
Yeah. 1989. It, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's major league. This is one of the greatest sports movies ever, um, as as we discussed. Um, yeah, I can give you a couple 1989 movies if you want. Yes, go for that, Carl. Um, so I've got uh, Batman, like the first one. Yep. Um, a little movie called Roadhouse, Weekend at Bernie's, Roadhouse, Dead Poet Society, and the second best baseball movie of all time, Field of Dreams. It was a good baseball year. I mean, it's no rookie of the year, but well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Actually, I would argue, I would argue, a movie that we might do next baseball season. If we're still doing this podcast as the second best baseball movie of all time, A League of Their Own. Oh yeah, we yeah we did actually j- talk about that briefly because uh, our last movie was The Player, which came out in 1992, which was the same year as A League of Their Own. Well, I can jump into a little bit of a deep dive here. Normally, Kyle does a deep dive, but uh, I just found one person in this movie way too interesting for us not to discuss a little bit more about him. Yes. Uh, and that person will be where most of the quotes for this movie comes from, Bob Uecker, uh, a.k.a. Harry Doyle in the movie. Uh, so Bob Uecker, I'll start off by saying that uh, when he was asked to play the character, David Ward did not know that Bob Uecker was a baseball announcer. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, how? Uh, he knew him from Miller Lite ads, and he knew him from Mr. Belvedere. Oh, my God. He, I mean, we're all a little too young for Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, but Mr. I Belvedere guess. Was, he was the dad in Mr. Belvedere for, like, six seasons. So it wasn't until he asked him to be in the film that he found out that he had been the announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers for over 20, for about 20 years at that point. Wow. Which it's still crazy to like, I always, I always forget about that. Cause it's like, yeah, it's crazy. He did Mr. Velveteer well, still being the announcer. Yeah. For, well, and, and baseball seasons aren't short. Well, when this around the time this movie came out and also around the time that he would have been filming this movie uh, and also still filming Mr. Belvedere because it was still on the air. He was also doing things like WrestleMania, uh, which was actually my first introduction to him because I had the, a VHS copy of WrestleMania four at the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, Three is is at the Pontiac. Oh, three is at the silver. Oh yeah. WrestleMania four is at Trump Plaza or Trump. Yeah. Um, my dad was at three. We recorded four. Um, yeah. He was also at three, though. Uh, yes. He was the ring announcer for three. And for four, he was the backstage uh, interviewer. Uh, and I have a very vivid memory of him being choked by Andre the Giant. Yeah, I, I was I was just about to bring that up. It was like, yeah, he he yeah. Andre puts his face or his palm in front of Euchre's face completely. And then. Yeah, just starts choking him, and you just see like his hands just completely engulfing Euchre's entire like neck and torso. It's crazy. Uh, but Euchre's got a pretty prodigious career. Uh, I mean, those are really his film TV highlights are the uh, really Major League and uh, and uh, and Miller Light ads apparently were really big for him. Um, he it was the Brewers. Um, but he started his career as an actual baseball player. Um, 
he was a he essentially was a local guy that that uh that tried out for the Milwaukee Braves uh and got onto it uh bounced around the minors uh he played catcher he had a career 200 batting average uh with 14 home runs and 74 RBIs so not exactly great but he did win a world series ring um with the uh St. Louis Cardinals um so he does have a world series ring uh he's also even though that he is uh, apparently uh, he didn't make a lot of errors. He was known as a sound defensive player with a career fielding percentage of 90, 981. He is on the top 10 list for most pass balls in a season by a catcher, though, despite only playing in 59 games the year that he was uh, made the list. Uh, what team was he on? Uh, that would have been 1967, so he was on the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, Based on that knowledge, was one of the Necros his pitcher? Was that like? Yes, it was. Um, he actually was joked. The only that reason the that would happen. Yep, he joked that the best way to catch a knuckleball from Phil Necro was to wait until it stopped rolling and picked it up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, um, he also uh, one of his biggest highlights is, is from his mouth in his career was hitting a home run off of Sandy Koufax. Uh, at which he joked that he always feared that the, his home run often would keep Kofax out of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's so he's always been funny. He also made about 100 guest appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Huh. This, is, uh, this again makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, this tracks. Uh, one of those shows, Carson asked him what the biggest thrill of his baseball professional career was. And Yuka replied, watching a fan fall out of the upper deck in Philadelphia. The crowd booed. Again, that tracks. That sounds like Philadelphia. Yep. Yep. Philly sports fans are Ooh. terrible. Um, but, yeah, uh, do you have anything else about the about him for for this little deep dive? Uh, I mean, if you can look up just Bob Euchre one-liners, it's it's really really funny. He's got some really really good ones. Um, I will say that he is very well known for saying, whenever a home run's hit, of saying "Get up, get up, get out of here, gone," for Homer. So that's kind of his catchphrase. Um, and uh, he is still announcing for the Brewers. Uh, this would be his fifty-first season. Only two announcers. Uh in baseball have done it longer than him. Uh, Denny Matthews for the Kansas City Royals and uh, the Spanish announcer for the Dodgers, uh, Jami Jarin. Uh, but that would be about it. That's all That's all I got for, for, for Mr. Uh, Mr. Bobby Yuka. Uh, so uh, you actually planned a pretty good segue to, uh, to what I wanted to talk about, which was actually a bit of, tri- of a trivia contest. Actually, I'll let you two work together on this one because it's it's more fun that way. Um, so, as many people know, this is set in Cleveland, and it's set as like the Cleveland Indians at that point in time were the like the home team. But it was not shot in Cleveland. It was shot at the um, at the Milwaukee County Stadium in Milwaukee. Um, and so, 
And so uh, one of the things that I looked up, because there's there's a line in here towards the end, and once we get into the review, we'll kind of jump all over with favorite moments and stuff like that. But in their final game at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland, you do see an aerial shot, and uh, Harry Doyle says, you know, 75,000 people coming into this stadium. And I'm like, okay, that can't be true. Because I know, you know, what, like, Target Field's capacity is. And it's like, you know, most stadiums are for baseball are, like, 40, 50,000. Like, 75 seems extreme. And then I look it up, and it's like, nope, 75,000 was actually what Municipal Stadium's capacity was uh, wow. for for uh, Cleveland baseball. Um, well, it was, I think it... Because like, wasn't it a shared stadium with them and the Browns? Yes, and that and that's one of the th- things. So I actually have a list here of history, and so it was demolished and stopped being used. It was uh, for for sports in 1993. Uh, so I looked up historically uh, the largest stadiums that have been used for baseball. And this is all, yeah, these are all in America. Um, so I will give you guys, um, I've got 11 others. Uh, two of them are currently in use. Um, and I will give you the dates. So I will give you the dates that the teams use them. And I want you guys to guess what te- the, the dates that the teams use them and the capacity of the stadium. And then I will have you guys guess the team and the name of the stadium. Wait, I'm a little confused. So we're guessing you're guessing the capacity the t- of the stadium nope. when the team used them and the team? That's what nope. you just said. No, nope. <laughs> I, I, I will give you when the team used them and the capacity, and you guys will give me the team and the name of the stadium. Okay. okay. We'll see how this and goes. These are all so are these are all in the United States or they are all in North America? Uh, they are all in the United States. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna see, but no, no, uh, the Sky Dome is not one of these. Okay, that, that was my that yep. was where I was going with that. Should yep. we ring in? Should we should we say something to ring in so that we're not talking over each other? Um, or are we doing this together? Yeah, you, you, you're you're doing it. You can kind of do it together and kind of chat about it. Um, um, so. So so I will I will start with actually I'll I'll go in ascending order. And so this stadium uh was constructed and started to being used in 1962 and is still currently in use by the by that team and it has a capacity of 56,000 for a baseball game. 1962 1962 could be a lot of stadiums. Um, let's see, Fenway I think was earlier than that. Yeah, Fenway would have been like. And I don't think it holds that many, honestly. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, I will. I will give you a hint. Fenway is not on this list. Yeah, I don't think Fenway holds holds that many people. I think Fenway holds like thirty five thousand. Um, no, still being used. Um, oh no, it wouldn't be not the Metrodome. Not the nope. Metrodome. Not Seattle. Um. Oh, this is, it's Dodger Stadium, probably. 
Oh. It is Dodger Stadium. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. I was like, and it's still being used from the 60s. Like, that's the only stadium really that's, I mean, aside from like Wrigley Field and. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one, it's one yep. of two uh, on this list that were from the 60s that are still in use. Yeah. I was going through a bunch. I was like, Detroit demolished theirs, the Yankees demolished theirs, like. Yep. Mets demolished theirs, yep. I think. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, so our next one. Uh, this was in use from 1969. Nice. 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 To 2003. And it has a capacity of 56,133. 03. Would that be Yankee Stadium? 69, though? That's true. That would be earlier than that. Yeah. No, it is. My... That, that one is not Yankee Stadium. My f- initial... Got re- uh, my initial like knee-jerk reaction is the Astrodome. Astrodome, because... yep. Astrodome's not on there either. Um, oh. It is. Uh, is it, it Comerica? Ooh, that might have been one of the other names. It. It. The last time it was used, um, it was called uh, Qualcomm Stadium for the San Diego Padres. Oh, it was that. No, oh, oh. I was wrong then. America was uh, Detroit. 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 Yeah, and and I'll let you guys because some of them are obviously corporate. Um, so so I'll actually I'll count it if you have either the team or the stadium name. Um, because okay. because this one is 1966, um, and is still in use, uh, and it has a capacity of expanded capacity of fifty six thousand fifty seven. Um, odds. Oakland. It oh. is Oakland. Yep. Oakland, uh, yeah. Ring, Ring Central Coliseum. Um. So yeah, and what? They have, and they haven't sniffed fifty six thousand in years. Yeah. Maybe oh one when they were doing Moneyball. When Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. I so mean, this. Yeah. Um. So this one, uh, nineteen. This was constructed and opened in nineteen eighty-two, and stopped being used by the. Almost said the team name. Uh, oh. <laughs> stopped being used in two thousand nine. Oh, that seems like a short shelf life. Or... And it has a capacity of fifty-six thousand one hundred and forty-four. Is this the Astros? No. Oh no. Oh, it stopped. It was it was stopped using O nine. Yes. Oh, this. I don't think it held that many people. That well. Uh, the Metrodome. I, I was going to say it might be the Metrodome because it is O9 the it, when... it is the Metrodome. It hold that it held that many people. It held that oh. many people for baseball. Yeah. Because oh. I know it held like sixty. Like sixty four thousand for football, yeah. And obviously with baseball, they had to you know create like the 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 blue meanie, as I like to call it, the blue baggie. Um, but for most of the games, they would have like the banner of like the um the like ring of honor people down. But for playoff games or any kind of there, what? Nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> um, but for big games or like playoff games, they would raise the um like the retired numbers up and fill the rest of the seats. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Huh. 
Um, so, so our next one, uh, this was uh, started being used in 1923 and stopped being used in 2008 and had a capacity of 56,937. This is Yankee Stadium. That is Yankee Stadium, yes. Yep. Uh, next one, 1964 to 2008 with a capacity of 57,333. This is the Astros. <laughs> no, the, the, the Astros yeah. on the list, right? Uh, no, the Astros are like oh. just below the list. I want to say capacity for baseball was like fifty something thousand. Um, so they were just American. out of these. Or uh, Tigers. This might be Tiger Stadium. Well, uh, I think Tiger Stadium was older than that. Yeah. Thing. No. Um, this... uh, what was your guess going to be? I was going to guess the White Sox. No. Oh, God. What is the name of that? Did, I can't. Did CenturyLink, or was it, it's now CenturyLink Field, right? Yeah, but it's a newer stadium. But, like, not, I mean, at this point. I could, I could remember if they just renamed it or if they, yeah. Is it uh, Camden Yards? It is not. It is actually Shea Stadium. Oh, oh that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we've got uh, 1960 to 1999 with a capacity of 57,546. 1999. Oh, I'm not going to remember what stadiums were torn down in 99. No. Um, I... Uh, da, 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 da. let's go with uh oh Texas um, oh the Rangers might be might be right yeah uh it is not uh what's your other guess Giants it is Candlestick Park for the Very San nice. Francisco Giants killing it yeah uh so another one uh same same year that it stopped being in use uh but so 1977 to 1999 with a capacity of 59,100. Jeez. See, 99. Who would have been rebuilding a stadium in 99? So their team had to be good. Um, This could be Texas because this would be end of A-Rod. Right, could, could be the Mariners because uh, they would have still oh, been riding high off of each, uh, just getting each row. And, or no, they're about to get each row, because it'd be 0-1. Um, yeah, because that would... Was that in the Kingdom? It was the Kingdom. Um, I, I was I was going to make the joke of, like, yeah, it's like they would have just traded away one of their major players. Um, and it was as they traded away Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. Yep. Uh, so... in Cincinnati. Uh, so 1971 to 2003 with a capacity of 62,623. Uh, the, the rest of these, uh, I will give you a little bit of a hint, are all multi-purpose. Um, so these were all used as football stadiums and baseball stadiums. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati. Oh, I like that guess. Actually, I'm. I will double down on Cincinnati. 
Veterans Stadium for the Philadelphia Phillies. Philly. Oh, okay. Phillies. Ah, stupid Philadelphia. I would have. I would have thought that stadium was older because that team was so old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then, then next on the list, uh, I kind of gave it away already with the intro of this. It, it, it's the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Guardians. Cleveland Guardians now. Um, yep. their their Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which was 1932 to. 20 or to uh 1993 um so this one was only used for one year what 1993 to 1994 but it had a capacity of 76,123 okay so the big house in michigan (laughs) (laughs) no um (laughs) So in theory, it's a team that's. It was probably they had already demolished the old stadium, but they were like in between stadiums. Is Wait, what year? Nineteen ninety-three. Is it Florida? Is it? No, Miami. Oh. You're you were on the right track. It was an expansion team, I believe. So it's either the Marlins or the Rays playing at whatever the football stadium was. So, wait, wait. I, I is would, it, I would avoid Florida, though. Is it the? Oh, it's expansion team, not a Diamondbacks, Arizona. The Colorado Rockies. Rockies. Oh, they played at Mile High. They played at Mile Eight. High. Huh. Um. And so, so this last one, uh, nineteen fifty-eight to nineteen sixty-one. <laughs> And had a capacity of ninety three thousand for baseball games. Uh, big House, Michigan. Ninety three thousand. Yeah, that's a uh, lot of people. The Rose Bowl. Uh, ooh, hold on, I have to double check that. It would it would totally it say is, the Rose Bowl. That's the name of the stadium. The oh, that is that. the name of the stadium. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. California team. Yes. Oh. A- Angels? No. Um so uh, oddly enough the we Dodgers. we started and ended the this list with the same team. Uh before they started using Dodger Stadium, uh the Dodgers actually uh had their games at the LA Coliseum. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, they that tracks. moved there from Brooklyn and had to play a few years so yeah mm-hmm. so so yeah cool that's i i figured that would be a fun little discussion um that's interesting kind of i don't trivia. know a lot about old stadiums like i i've got i've got some some pipe dreams of hitting hitting up all the baseball and all the football uh nfl stadiums yeah and uh, all the big 10 stadiums would be cool too but uh mm-hmm. uh i have i've only taken a small sliver out of those so far Sunday. Yeah. All right. So uh, now, like 20 minutes in, uh, let's talk about the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get this out of the way right away. There is some problematic. uh, Yeah. I mean, the the Cleveland changed their team name this year. It took it should have been changed way further ago. And like their old mascots and like symbols and and like things that they said 
very problematic and not not chill. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just not yeah. cool stuff. Um, you you unfortunately kind of have to put that out of mind. Thinking of like the, it was the time, like it was yeah. this was all accepted back then. Uh, we know that it probably shouldn't have been, and but you know, it, it don't discount some of the movie based off of yeah. that. Because it was a professional sports team, it was something yep. like universally known. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so it's unfortunate that it's one of my favorite movies, and that iconography and yeah. and you know stuff is involved in it. But it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt while watching it. Yeah, know that it's not something that that they are continuing to do now that they are moving on and we are growing. And just enjoy the 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 movie as as it is. Yeah. But that being said, though, other than that obvious problematic par- portions, for a movie from the 1980s, there is little to no, you know, homophobic language. There is really not anything that sexist, even. And so I'm like, oh, wow, this actually did a pretty good job. But you have that glaring like, oh, yeah, no, this is set. And we have all of there is a character that stalks his ex-wife into a relationship, though. (laughs) Ex-girlfriend, not wife. Oh, ex-girlfriend. Sorry. Ex-girlfriend. There's a huge difference. He calls her his wife at the at the beginning. But yes, Um that is also a little problematic. That's a little problematic. That's uh, a little right. problematic, but that's problematic like even in every single romantic comedy to this day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. You know. Um, well, honestly, my biggest issue with this entire movie is the fact that it starts off with a Randy Newman song. Yeah. But I so and I never like cop rock. I actually looked into like what the movie is called and the or not the movie what the song is called and it's called burn on it's straight up Randy Newman singing about the time the Cuyahoga river caught on fire, which is a perfect metaphor for Cleveland sports at the time. Yeah. Ooh, another fun fact about Cleveland sports, uh, uh, about the, about this, the Cleveland baseball team in particular, um, they once had to forfeit a game because they had a 10 cent beer night and there was a riot. <laughs> <laughs> so the ump said everyone the fans are too unruly we cannot continue playing baseball uh uh cleveland loses we have That's to get incredible. out of here that makes uh it makes a lot of sense um, that wasn't milwaukee no that was cleveland Shocking. i think <laughs> there's a there's another one that i think was milwaukee that was like it involved hippies i don't it, it had burning like they were burning stuff on the field i don't well, because I know at, at a Twins game on a dollar dog night, uh, everyone threw dollar dogs at uh, Chuck Knobloch at the Metrodome. That oh, was fun. It was Chuck Knobloch, though. He deserved it. Not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. Was that when he was playing for the Twins or when he was? Oh, uh, no, that was when he was a Yankee. When he was a Yankee? Okay. The, all right. It yeah. makes more sense then. Oh wait, no. Ten cent beer night is is the same one as I was thinking of a second ago too. <laughs> they stole bases. They, they damaged <laughs> the field. There's so much stuff that happened at that. Just Google ten cent beer night and and read the the wonderful stories that happened from that. 
Yeah. Can't wait. Um, I, I do like the fact that you get the tone of this movie very early, like post the Randy Newman song. Like the first <laughs> the first scene is is um Rachel Phelps going into the boardroom um and talking about, you know, her plans to change the team and it's like here are all the players that were we're going to invite to spring training and you just hear one guy say this guy's dead well then cross him oh, off the list off the list <laughs> just what a way to start off yeah. the movie just that line where you're like oh this is what we're in for yeah i like it um, oh. And and as as we we made some allusions to, I like the fact that the the first three players that we see, players slash, uh, what do they call the coaches and manager managers, managers um, to get reached out to. You know, one thinks it's a prank, and it's like, well, if if you could have at least said you were from the Yankees, um. One, in a Tijuana hotel. Yeah, because he's in a Tijuana hotel drunk. Um, the second, you know, would rather or talk about white wall, like get you know, talk to the other guy on the other line about some white walls. And then the third guy's in jail. Fun fact about that third guy, Charlie Sheen. He was actually a pitcher in high school, and uh he took steroids to do this movie. One and two, he actually got his uh, his fastball up into the high 80s for the film. Oh wow! So that's like legit him throwing balls. Like they sped up a little bit some of the some of the later scenes for the yeah. for the 90, 90 mile per hour ones. But uh, but he was he, he was legit throwing those balls. The more you know. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. I also speaking of the the Bob Uecker lines just uh introducing haywood uh later on it's like haywood leading the league in most offensive categories including nose hair <laughs> i i think my favorite bob euchre thing is just the fact that he's just slowly sipping on jack daniels the entire movie like he's just got a bottle of jack next to him and it just you see it slowly go down like every game even uh, he even takes a little bit and puts it behind his ears at one point. I did see that. It's... Yeah, and his and his supposed color commentator also takes a big swig of it throughout. Yep. Like at one point in the movie. Anything to add? That's why he's the best color commentator in the game. <laughs> uh, most uh, of uh, most of Euchre's lines were also ad libbed in this film. I'm he didn't have much, he yeah. didn't have much of a script. Yeah. This guy this guy once threw to his own kid at a father son game. <laughs> That's such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> which which is then ta- like then like added on to by like a uh, Jake Taylor like it going in cuz it's the same it's Haywood again of uh just uh, uh asking asking Jake like how's your wife and my kid? Yeah, that's yeah. that's also a good line. It's like, oh, you had a friend of the family with your your wife. Uh, yeah. uh, everything seemed nice, good, but why was he wearing her panties on his head? Yeah. Taylor, you're still in the league. They haven't traded you yet. 
Man, ball wish... four, ball eight, ball twelve. Man, I don't know how uh, how these guys are laying off pitches. He's close, just a bit outside. Uh, which uh, the the very little commentary that I have done for for wrestling, it is so hard to not quote those lines and try and give that type of delivery. Um, especially when I've had to do like solo commentary stuff, it's so hard to not e- even le- lean into that inflection at some points yeah. because I've watched this movie so many times. Well, I get a lot. I, I have a lot of that for uh, for uh, Lou Brown stuff. The uh, the manager for like like the with the basket catch and he goes, "Nice catch! Don't ever fucking do it again." Yeah. I just I love all those little one liners. Yeah. I'm too old to go crawling through lockers. Yeah. Like, damn it, Doran! What is this? Enough of this Olay bullshit. Get in front of the ball. Yeah, you 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 run like Hayes, but you hit like shit. Oh, so good. <laughs> well, how come no one ever saw this guy? All right, throw him some breaking balls. Swing and miss. Oh, just a little. Oh, just the disappointment in his in his voice. Just... You're gonna get rid of us all and move the team to Miami, and, and then and then uh, Dorn, even me, even you, yeah. Dorn. <laughs> Which also, like speaking of Dorn, I just love the line of like, "Hey, I thought you guys didn't. You said you didn't have any high price talent. Ah, I forgot about Dorn. He's only high priced." <laughs> uh just this movie's just so damn quotable, yeah. and and really like half of it. So I was trying to figure this out because I feel like most of the times I quote this movie, it's basically just from the spring training portion. But yeah. having rewatched it, like there, I don't know when they get into like the the relationship between Jake Taylor and Lynn Wells or Tom Berenger and Rene Russo. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like I don't want to say the movie slows down, but it becomes more of like visual gags with like the. Um, their transportation getting worse and worse throughout the year and like things happening in the clubhouse. Yeah. Well, and again, and then we get the whole montage as well of, you know, them winning their last, what, 34 games um, Mm -hmm. to, to strip off the pieces of the, of the poster or, um, or the standee. Yeah. You also get him finally reading Moby Dick, but it's comic books. And then, and then the whole team's reading those comic, those those uh, novel comic books. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my favorite lines in the movie: "You don't think Jesus Christ could hit a curveball?" <laughs> <laughs> like like Jesus, like Jesus very much, but he no help with curveball. <laughs> you don't Jesus. think Jesus Christ could hit a curveball? Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's not start a holy war here. Yeah. Um... Just... It's just like, yeah, he defected from Cuba for religious freedom. What's his religion? Voodoo. But, I mean, it's just, I mean, the plot's the plot. Like, I, yeah. I remember, I think it was two years ago, I had to Google what a pennant actually was because I went through my whole life being like, it must be the World Series. It's not the World Series. It's like the end of the season. It's it's winning your division. Um because uh, yeah. I'm too old, I'm too young to know pennants, apparently. <laughs> Which is in every baseball movie you've ever seen, but like yeah. it, it's a standard, it's a standard baseball movie. It's probably one of the first that did it this way, though. 
Yeah. Well, I like, wonder is World Series like trademarked or like or something like that? Is it copywritten? Well, I, I suppose because then they they could get the the rights from just the two teams because they really only use the the Yankees and the and the uh, Cleveland in the movie. Yeah. So like, then you just get the rights from the two teams. You have to get, you don't have to worry about getting rights from the whole league. Right. If it is. So it might be. Yeah. Cause you don't ever hear in baseball movies about teams going to the world series. You no, do hear about them going to the pennant. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the pennant or winning the pennant. Like that's, that's it. Well, and I, I huh. also, I almost wonder if that's a conceit to also help with like more international fans and where you know in some sports it it is just whoever's that has the best record at the end of the season is the winner you know in like soccer or football sorry um you know some some is that, is that how that works that's how like the championship works but then there's also like the FA Cup i think is is what happens um i thought there i thought there is a a, a championship game in the premier league maybe i'm wrong maybe they just have whoever that's the two best records the end no i don't know i could i could very well be wrong like i should not pretend like i know anything about soccer other than what they talk about on ted lasso that's about all i've got too so how was that offsides no seriously explain to me how that was offsides i don't really understand the rule yet (laughs) um this this movie being definitely the uh uh speaking of of things that that it has uh uh been the the model for yeah. uh, it's definitely the model for lasso cuz lasso for sure starts out with with the uh uh the the wife of the the owner of the team and she now has the team and she wants the team to lose i mean in lasso it's to get back at her at her ex-husband yeah. compared to here where it's where it's um she wants to just move the team to Miami because she likes Miami better yeah um, so also like talking about that, so there, there is apparently, I, I did not see this until I saw the Wikipedia. There's apparently an alternate ending to this movie. Did you guys know about this? I just learned about this today. So I was going to bring it up too, okay. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Carl, the, the alternate ending, this is all a ruse from Rachel Phelps. Um, she very much wanted to say that in the press to motivate her players and they were on the brink of bankruptcy. So that's why she couldn't get, you know, high priced talent. And so she was like, I needed to get a manager that could motivate the team and have somebody be their bad guy. And I decided it was going to be me. Huh? It did not play well to screenings though. Yeah. I believe that because it kind of, I don't know. It, it feels like a that does kind of feel like a cheap ending. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, and apparently it was it was Lou that confronted her at the end, and then she tells him all of this, and then basically says, "If you ever, you know, if you say anything to the players about that, that I will, um, I'll fire you." <laughs> huh. um, Interesting. Also, one of the. I also love the justification that Jake Taylor has for cheating on on Lynn at one point was she bet me 50 bucks that she, that she had a better body than you and I had to defend your honor. 
he there's no reason that she should have ever taken him back. There's no, none at all. all. I just that that if I could change one aspect of this movie, it'll, it would be that because it's just, it just feels like a stupid. It feels like they're trying to throw a rom com into a sports movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, I tried watching Major League Two a couple of years ago because we couldn't find Major League at the time. Um, and it turns out Kyle was the one that bought Major League, not me. Um, so I didn't actually own it. Oh. I had to rent it again. Um, but, uh, it's always just been available, like Netflix and things like that. I've never had to buy it before. Um, like but, uh, I also, uh, I'm going to get to the other point soon, but I also remember watching it a lot on TBS when it would come out and boy oh boy watching those lips moves and saying things were very much not the same words that were coming out of their mouths was amazing like oh. when they would go we gotta win the whole fucking thing and you'd be you gotta win the whole damn thing <laughs> Just... my my favorite one of that is um dorn when he goes up to uh vaughn at the towards the very end and you know the actual line is i got one thing to say to you strike this motherfucker out but in, on TBS or TNT or whatever, he goes, strike this gong right out. It's just this ridiculously extended, like, way off pitch gong. Yeah, I, it's I, yeah, so I, th- I think in recent years, they finally just said, strike this mother out. And it's like, okay, that works better. But yeah, yeah. it's like, what did I you would, do? I, I would be disappointed now, though, seeing that, that old way and just the comedy of the way that they yeah. did it before. I would be like, oh, I want, I want the old bleeps. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of Corbin Burnson, though, as let's be honest, one of the better actors in this movie. Um. I love the fact that he is such a bad actor in the American Express card commercial. <laughs> oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like everybody yeah. else is pretty natural, and and then you have Dorn, who's the one who's supposed to be the one with ambitions. You know, and acting and presenting ambitions after baseball is so wooden and so awful. And it's like, that actually takes a good actor to pull that off. I also like in that scene that they all put a hat on, except Charlie Sheen just pretends to put one on. Uh, I completely forgot what the point was before before I switched to uh, to the, the bleeping out on TBS, because it was just such a funny thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I very much enjoy this movie. It's, it's so relevant. Like, like it's been so influential, like pop culture wise, you know, even all three of us as big wrestling fans, you know, this movie is the reason partially, um, Onita had, you know, something to do with it too. But I think this movie was the inspiration for Onita. Like this is the reason that John Moxley comes out to Wild Thing. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and this version of Wild Thing, you know, because I think it was this um, Onita thought it was cool from this movie, so Onita started using it in Japan, and then Moxley, as an Ohio guy and a big Japanese wrestling fan. Is like, yeah, of course I'm gonna walk out to Wild Thing. Are you kidding me? Sounds badass. Oh, that also reminds me the Japanese grounds crew. I always found it funny that they would change what they were saying in the subtitles, but let them oh, just yeah. say the words out loud still. 
So, like, anybody that spoke Japanese could still see, like, they're uh, that they're saying they're shitty. Yeah. But then the, the subtitle says they suck. And I always thought that was funny. That's that's also, pretty funny, yeah. Does anyone else catch uh, Janitor from Scrubs in those scenes? Neil Flynn, yep. yeah. It's great. Neil Flynn signing before he was... I mean, this had to have been one of his earlier things, right? This, and he was a cop in The Fugitive. Oh my god. Uh, I think we're like two of his early, early things. And yeah. I only remember the Cop of the Fugitive one because it's in Scrubs. <laughs> huh. Actually, according to according to a quick Wikipedia search, uh, filmography, this was his first his uh, first major motion picture before being in Rookie of the Year in 1983 and then The Fugitive in 1993. So apparently he liked baseball. Apparently. Who doesn't? Yeah, there's that. I mean, those are actually two. Okay, I haven't seen Rookie of the Year in a long time, but I remembered enjoying it, you know. So, two good baseball movies. As a kid, say. I really liked Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, you know, luckily I was a kid, and like the idea that rubber bands were making his arms snap forward that fast it never really seemed weird to me. It was his muscles. You know, we're just super tight, and yeah, they worked like rubber bands. That's how like that's how they phrased yeah. it. Yeah, throw him the old stinky cheddar. Give him Isn't the stinky. Rene Russo also in that movie. Eat cheese. Is who? Oh no! Some it's just somebody who looks like Rene Russo. Uh, this movie made me want to watch another really good sports movie though, because Rene Russo is also in it, uh, and that's Tin Cup. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think I've actually seen Tin Cup. It's a fun movie. Yeah. You can just watch the 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 newer version of it and watch the 2018 British Open. When uh, Jordan Spieth just kept sinking some balls into a into a drink and saying, "Give me another." Okay, oh, it was so give good. me another. I think that was 2018, but yeah, nice. Uh, it was a. Um, it might have been earlier than that. But. but yeah final thoughts of this movie for me uh is i love it i'm gonna keep watching it uh i'm going to recognize there's problematic natures to it yep. uh but i'm gonna enjoy the 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 comedy the humor and the and, and just the uh, all around goodness of the script itself enough that i, I can get past that yeah uh yeah, yeah. kind of same uh i i very much enjoy it you know, I remember watching it on TV when I was younger. And then, yeah, thanks to both of you kind of like watching it, you know, pretty much every year um, moving forward. So, but yeah, Carl, what are your final thoughts as our guest? It's, I don't know, it's just one of those movies that every time I watch it, I still find myself laughing or I still find myself, you know, finding little you know, nuances here or there that, you know, you, you don't notice and you go, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like someone doing something in the background of the plane or, you know, just little things like that. So I'm, I'm happy I keep coming back to it every year. Um, obviously, we've already talked about the issues with it, but I don't know. That's just something that you, you, you get that with older movies and you kind of have to go, you know, we've grown as, you know, we've grown as a, a society since these came out and, you know, figured out our lives a little bit more and figured out what's okay. And 
you know, kind of just go, well, I still enjoy it for what it, you know, for what it is. I mean, the movie itself isn't problematic. They're just problematic things. If it was one of those things where, like, the idea behind the movie was a problem, then you should stop. But you should still be able to enjoy art um, after the fact, uh, because uh, even even after society has changed to the point where you know that some of the things are are just not not as okay anymore. So just enjoy the art. Yeah. Um, And also, I did not find this out until today. The the taglines on the poster are kind of terrible like they're just what is an 80s movie it is an 80s movie but so the the tagline is literally when these three oddballs try to play hardball the result is total screwball are they so they're just basing it off of uh charlie sheen uh tom berenger and uh and wesley snipes then as the three oddballs i'm assuming corbin burnson Wait, what? Yeah, is the is the third person in this, you know. Yeah, Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, and Corbin Burnson. Because I think this was, was this before Wesley Snipes became super, major superstar? Was this what made him a this superstar? This is what, this is what made him a superstar, which is why he's not in the sequel. That makes sense. That's oh, right. yeah. Omar Epps. Yeah, because it's Omar Epps. I yeah, want to even say it says introducing Wesley Snipes in the, in the opening credits. God, he's so good in this too. He is yeah. so good. Hey, what did Mary here? He also doing? does seem doing? like the third lead, though more yeah. so than uh, more than more so than Burnson does. Um, when they take his bed out and he wakes up, he goes, "Shit, I've been cut already." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a hundred of these, one for every every uh, base I'm gonna steal this year. How are you gonna steal a base when your shoes untied? Huh? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> or when he's dancing after he finds out he made the team, just the yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, just. Oh, uh, Corbin Burnson would have been on L.A. Law at this point, so he definitely would have been the third biggest star. Uh, so, oh, so yeah. yeah. And the only one who's getting consistent work now is in commercials. Because you're in good hands with Allstate. Allstate. Which I always forget that that's him because oh. he has hair. And that's literally the only reason why I'm like, wait, that's the, that's Serrano? And it's like, oh, no, he's got like a crew cut now. And it's like, wait, okay. It blew my mind when I was watching 20, like the first season of 24, because he's in it, because he's the president yep. in that season. And my dad looks, turns to me and goes, he's like, you know that that's Serrano from Major League. I'm like, no, no, it's not. And I just would not believe him until I like until he, he like paused the credits. We got out the movie, and then as it was going through, his name popped up. I'm like, oh my god, it is him. Yeah, because that was pre us having internet at the house. Okay, yeah. Well, cool. Well, we had, we had AOL, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. So. Um, so, uh, I believe our next episode is Shane's pick. Yes, it is. And, uh, I'm not going to give you any choices, uh, because you've seen every movie. Um, I mean, it was literally what I went to college for. So that helped. Uh, so I'm going to go with one, uh, that's actually from the seventies. 
Okay. Uh, that I'm shocked that you haven't seen it. I know you haven't seen it because it's on my initial list. Uh, and that is The Jerk, starring Steve Martin. Uh, you can find this movie on Peacock. Um, so it is available to stream. We actually ended up using one on Peacock. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, and yeah, with th- this one, yeah, speaking th- of movies that I hope isn't problematic now. Um, I mean, literally the first line might. The first line. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> but... that, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't think I've seen this full movie, but I have seen scenes from it. Like, mm-hmm. here and there. Like, I've seen the, like, paint can, oil can, yeah. and he must really hate these cans thing. Um, and, yeah, I've <laughs> I've seen the intro of, you know, I was born a poor black child. And it's like, okay. Yep. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, good pick. Um, Thank you. I'll pat myself on the back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we'll do we'll do one more movie, and then uh, Shane and I discussed uh, right before this. Um, so our next episode would be in May. Um, after that, and for May, we are going to do uh, a theme of pilot season, um, and we are both going to pick two episodes of a TV show that the other one hasn't seen, and and go from there. And I'm assuming I'm going to end up watching an anime. Spoiler, it's probably going to be an anime. Yeah. I haven't decided which one yet. I yeah. also don't know which ones you haven't seen enough of yeah. that to throw out there. So we'll have discussions. Yeah, we'll have discussions. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you once again, Carl, for coming on. Um, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have anything to plug? Uh come find me some weekends at social cyberworks um if you find well this won't come out before we go to opening day well it might be it'll yeah, depend how it. ambitious i am at um, i'm guessing afternoon yeah. well so, if you yeah. listen to this and then find me at opening day let me know and i'll buy you a beer uh otherwise that sucks you missed out <laughs> you listen to this and find me at opening day i'll have you buy me a beer so that I sounds like that sounds about right yep seems fair so, in other words, you can get the you can take the beer that Carl bought you and just give it to Shane. Yeah. Don't throw it in our faces. Yeah, yeah don't. We don't want don't that. The beer in my face. Yeah. Not again. Um, but yeah. Never otherwise, again. otherwise, make sure to like and subscribe, Abe, uh, for the podcast. Uh, leave a review. Uh, follow me at Knocked Out Films on all social media stuff. Shane, what do you got? Be good to each other.